Hi there. Cool. All right. Uh, all right. Hello and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison, the son. And I'm the other guy. There you go. Cool. Good. I'm glad we're kicking off with our still awkward intros. Ten episodes in, I want to say. Ten. Oh, oh I, yeah. Right. Where does the time fly? I Just should, yesterday, it was November. I should be dead by now. Hmm. I should be too, by all reason. But this week, we watched the original 1954 Godzilla, or as it's called in Japan, Gojira. 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 Um, but that's not what I wanted to talk about first. So we've actually watched a bunch of Godzilla movies together, and uh, King of the Monsters was kind of my primary reasoning. Beside, mm. As I've said before on this podcast, your one-line review of that. But we'll get to that in a minute. But it really started in 1998 with the absolutely awful American-made Godzilla directed by Roland Emmerich that starred Matthew Broderick, of all people, oh to star God. in a Godzilla movie. We, I remember us watching that movie together. It was on a rental. I had seen it at a friend's house, and I was in love with it because <laughs> I was 12, and you're an idiot when you're 12, and, uh, <laughs> and I had never seen another Godzilla movie before, so that's all I had to go on. Okay. Do, what, do, what do you remember about that movie? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but thinking about... Broderick Crawford? Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, okay. I don't know where you're pulling Crawford from. Okay, different person. Okay. okay. Nope. Remember Michael Crawford nothing. was a phantom, a different type of monster. I think uh, Godzilla was in that movie. Yeah, well... That's, that's all I remember. In the fandom, he's that Godzilla is known as just Zilla, because okay. there's nothing holy about him, which I quite like that reasoning. Man. But that was um, known for its awful special effects. And just re-watching it, it really does play more like the director wanted to make a Jurassic Park movie okay. and not a Godzilla movie. Okay. In fact, there's a kind of infamous, uh, infamous I can pronounce words, uh, teaser trailer for it where it's like a, a group of students going through a museum on tour and they're talking about the Tyrannosaurus Rex and how it was the most fearsome predator and you see the T-Rex skeleton and then all of a sudden Godzilla's foot just smashes through the ceiling and crushes the <laughs> T-Rex right it was an absolutely beautiful trailer great shame it was attached to that movie when, when did Jurassic Park come out? Oh, 1993. Okay. And uh, 97 was Jurassic Park The Lost World. So the T-Rexes okay. and the Velociraptors were still fresh on people's minds. Uh, but it's very obvious he wanted to make a Jurassic Park movie. So next, about a year and some change ago now, we sat down and we watched the 2014 Godzilla, the, the first quote-unquote... Uh, new attempt at making a American Godzilla, yes. and we really liked that. Yes. If I recall, do you do you remember anything from that one? Mm, not a whole lot, but I remember the the uh, the Godzilla was a lot better, oh, yeah. and the special effects were a lot smoother. A lot. If you better. could move that just a little closer to your mouth, just just bring the mic like even up a bit so you can sit comfortably. I don't want to be comfortable. Hey, oh, that sounds better almost instantly. 
Um, yeah, the Godzilla was a lot better, and my favorite thing about that movie was that Go- it played like Jaws, but with Godzilla. Right. Like, you didn't see a full shot of Godzilla into... The movie is two hours long, and you don't see Godzilla properly until literally an hour into the movie. Okay, Like, almost okay, to yeah. the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. see hints and flashes, but it's an absolutely beautiful, good horrifying point. movie. Yeah, that was good, yeah. Uh, and if you also recall, the human side of that movie was following a guy who was a... Um, I can't remember the bomb diffuser detonation specialist. I forget the name of his. He was an army dude that specialized in disarming bombs. Okay. I'm not anywhere near approaching. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a very dual narrative between the main human of that film and Godzilla, how they were both in a militant field, but they both mostly were looking to just stop the violence. Okay. Which yeah, you can read more into that, but you you like that movie? You're okay with it? Oh yeah. Yeah. And then that was a good one. And then and then we come to Godzilla King of the Monsters. (laughs) Which my fave. Tell me what you really that one's your favorite. All right. Too many monsters. Too many monsters. They had monsters from everywhere. Every street corner. Uh, throughout their monster for this Every movie. street corner. They were, oh man, there were like all kind of wacky monsters in that. Yeah, just. Do, do you but, remember I mean, any makes, of the monsters? It, uh, it just s- s- jumping, swimming, flying, <laughs> firing, and all kinds of, just any, all kinds of concoctions of body parts and <laughs> stuff and, and actions you know and everything. Fun. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to pull up a list of all of the monsters that made an appearance okay. in Godzilla, King okay. of the Monsters. Yeah, because it was it was just insane. But obviously the title, King of the Monsters, you are finding, obviously, the top monster. Wow. All right. So Mothra not all of, was in that, right? Yes, Mothra yeah. was absolutely in that. Um, okay, so this isn't... This, this list is, like, some of these monsters just made brief one-frame cameos 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 and stuff but the list uh, as it stands on google is godzilla you remember him of course rodan the big rodan that's right the big pterodactyl looking thing mothra uh king gaidora what the 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 big three-headed monster oh yeah yeah that thing was nasty he was the nemesis of the film right Right. yeah i don't think I didn't realize this. There's a post-credit sequence we didn't watch where the uh, human bad guy of the film has the one head that was bitten off earlier in the film. <laughs> so maybe for Godzilla versus King Kong, there's going to be a new King Ghidorah. I don't pretend to know. We can only hope. Uh, King Kong uh, makes a brief cameo appearance. He's yes. mentioned certainly a lot in the film. You see the cave painting at the end of the film of him yes. fighting Godzilla. Uh, the Muto, which was the big bad of the 2014 Godzilla. And now we're getting into the ones that I don't really know all that well. Because I'm pretty much a neophyte to Godzilla. Cilia, S-C-Y-L-L-A. Behemoth. Mokeli Mabembe. I don't... I, I'm butchering that. Leviathan, Abaddon, and Bunyip. What the hell is a bunyip? Bunyip. <laughs> bunyip. Hello, my name is Bunyip. Now, did, did these, e- right. even though you you don't know these monsters, did they have their own, like, comic series or... So, so 
monsters like Rodan, Mothra, Mothra. they were introduced in their own independent movies okay. in the years following Godzilla, but then eventually they just got, got folded into okay. the Godzilla franchise. Uh-huh. Like King Ghidorah, he shows up in a Godzilla movie, I think, to fight Mecha Godzilla. I don't... I, there's like almost 30 of these things. Wow. I've seen five-ish, okay. maybe. That is valiantly protecting the table that is holding his microphone from the dogs. Uh, just trying to keep them from bumping the iced tea. This is great. It's like a high-tension tennis match. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But, no, but, but then, but then, like, monsters like uh, uh, Muto, who they were invented for the 2014 Godzilla movie, so they're still relatively okay. fresh on the monster market. Okay, so there's no, there's no other place where these monsters, these these uh, lesser monsters were introduced, like in a comic book series or a, Not another that movie I'm aware of. No, as far okay. as I know, everything but King Kong came from the Toho Film Company, okay. who, you know, owned the rights and produced the Godzilla. Uh, well, at the very least, they produced the uh, Man in Suit okay. Godzilla movies. Okay. And they also do a lot of other stuff. I'm pretty sure there's a Lupin the Third. Uh, animated movie coming out produced by them which I'm really excited about animation looks gorgeous but that is irrelevant okay this week we watched the original 1954 Godzilla and I happen I have the uh, uh, the original Criterion collection release which I bought off eBay not realizing that l- less than three months after I bought it they were putting out a giant Criterion collection, which includes this and the next, like, 11 or 12 Godzilla movies in the series. I'm a little mad at myself. I spent 30 bucks on this. Could have waited four months. Good night, Mom. Good night, Mom. (laughs) Could have waited three months, spent 120 bucks, gotten, like, 12 or 13 movies. Little mad at myself about that, but whatever. It's an absolutely gorgeous little box set. Uh, it's still on eBay, and I wanted to save this for the microphone, but as you can see on the inner box, and I want your reaction live to this, you unfold the inside, uh, and there's a pop up of Godzilla. Pop up Godzilla. Pop up Godzilla. Oh, what a, uh, it's what a absolutely clever little beautiful. What a clever little trick. I mean, it's so treat. It's like It's nice to know that the guys at Criterion are fans. Yeah. You know, that's kind of nice. Yeah, they're trying. They're yeah. Trying. But uh, what what were your first reactions to the film? The, I was going to say the acting or the lack thereof. <laughs> acting. Um, it, it was clear. <laughs> Clearly amateurish acting, although well, it, the amateurish acting was consistent through the whole thing. So it was, it was that might be just a time or a culture thing. It, yeah, it was 1954, mm-hmm. Japanese. It could be a cultural thing or something, but because everyone was so consistent, it wasn't like one guy was was so stiff and poor, uh, uh, so lousy at acting, and another guy was better. But everyone, uh, the, the drum. The expressions of drama, of of anguish and fear, and um, uh, those kind of things were just so dramatic. It, it was, was very like, broad. Like you could, they were playing to the back of the house. It wasn't yeah. really film acting. It yeah. was almost more stage acting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like like some kind of uh, traditional Japanese theater or something. Um, uh, I don't know that much about the culture, but um, 
but yeah, once we, you we should establish as a baseline we are two both two uh, average mm. middle class white dudes with beards with middling life experience yes um, <laughs> but once you got rolling with that I mean it was it was fine it was actually kind of neat to see how how intensely dramatic how how big you could open your lips to show your teeth because you're so scared and scream and <laughs> that, stuff there's a scene early in the film where uh the people on the beach spot a, a raft drifting into shore yes and the one guy we both we both have the same reaction he wipes his eyes so right. dramatically right he like, wipes his eyes to see better he's an old man I'm, and he like wipes his eyes in an s shape like he's like he's cleaning a window or something it was just, <laughs> i'm shocked it was, his eyeballs didn't go with his hand it was just so so bizarre uh, um but you know it, it did watching the whole film it did fit i mean it was it was consistent throughout oh yeah and, absolutely and all the actors yeah uh, um were, were at, equally um uh, amateur well, i'm saying amateurish possibly they were highly professional and i'm the amateur here certainly <laughs> I think I think broad is probably just the better way to to okay. describe it. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it was certainly filmmaking has absolutely changed in these sixty now six years since that movie came out. Well, also watching uh, growing up with American movies from the thirties and the forties and the fifty. I'm not that old, but from <laughs> seeing movies from the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, and so forth. You, you don't see that in American films. This was clearly yeah. a different style of acting. Yeah, and you, 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 and Mom raised me on like Abbott and Costello, Abbott and Costello films, uh, the the Marx Brothers. Marx so Brothers. I had a from uh, an Lewis early age. Yes, yeah, I had a pretty. D- <laughs> you can get a blackjack, <laughs> <laughs> but they got big muscles. <laughs> We're going to have to dig that movie up. I don't know what it's called. I'm going to have to look it up, and we're going to cover that at yeah, some we'll point. Yeah, we'll have to do some Lewis and Martins. Yeah. Uh, I, from what I understand, the bellhop holds up really well. Okay. Okay, but like, been a little while since I've done a Lewis and Martin deep dive, so we'll, we'll look into that. Uh, but there is, a, just to get us kicked off, really, there's a just a brief passage in the essay written by Jay Hoberman, which, that's a great name, hello. I'm Jay Hoberman, uh, in the Criterion Collection, so I'm going to read a bit of that. In March 1954, an American H-bomb test irradiated a 7,000-square-mile area around Bikini Atoll. A Japanese fishing trawler, and I'm not going to be able to pronounce the Japanese, so we're just going to call it the Lucky Dragon Number 5, inadvertently cruised within 85 miles of the site and was showered with radioactive ash, and the entire crew developed a radiation sickness. This, not surprisingly, was a much bigger deal in Japan than in the U.S., and Godzilla opens with a version of the Lucky Dragon No. 5 incident, with one freighter and then two more vanishing in a sea of flames. In fact, the first thing you see of that initial attack is a blinding flash of light, very similar to the uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, uh, incidents. incidents. That's a terrible way of phrasing that, but... Um, but I, I really did appreciate how the movie, like, in the middle of Godzilla's big attack, pretty late in the movie, there's a shot of a mother cradling her child, 
and she they're both crying and the mom says to the child don't worry we will be where daddy is soon yes and in the middle of this delightfully hokey miniatures man in a suit acting set piece it just reminds you oh no this is actually terrifying and i really appreciate how the movie did not shy away from just how 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 miserable it was to deal with the well the fallout of the nuclear attacks yes. uh, from america in the world war 2 yeah being a touch older um, that's fair i i was born and grew up after comfortably after the second world war but this movie was filmed 9 years after the second world war Mm-hmm. Nine years after the uh, atomic bombs in Japan, mm-hmm. um, a few times in the movie they did mention that H-bomb testing should be limited uh, or should be stopped because of the danger to humanity. Uh, and scenes like you're talking about where the mother and the child had no recourse, they were going to be obliterated by radioactivity given off by this Godzilla similar to the attacks mm-hmm. nine years before in the large cities in Japan. Um, it, it was um, really moving uh, in certain points. Right. Uh, and they did make reference. I can't believe that the Japanese society would accept a movie like this after the horror of, of the... Uh, uh, nuclear explosions, what? Uh, but they did mention it in in a in a way um, to help the world realize the seriousness of those explosions and hopefully uh, um, uh, direct the world towards um, uh, being more sensible. I think in the essay in the Criterion Collection, it goes on to mention a lot of other movies that were coming out of Japan at that point, most notably several documentaries uh, made with actual footage from the nuclear attacks and the fallout and radiation sickness and stuff like that. But it does specifically mention that none had such a crazy impact as Godzilla, and it, it, it... well, the essay says, and I also think that it's because it kind of gives it a palatable overcoat of a monster movie. So it's a, uh, it's it's not just a cold, unfeeling bomb or even an international incident or anything like that. It's literally just a big old dinosaur beast. Well, the, uh, you mentioned the documentaries. The Godzilla was. To appeal to the masses, right, exactly, as, as yeah. a commercial film, and so oh, and boy, howdy, was that successful? Yeah, yeah. nobody's going to rush to see a, uh, uh, a a national documentary on radiation poisoning. Exactly, but, but yeah. They'll run so, to see Godzilla, and I think it was. I think they they placed it well. They mm-hmm. they discussed it and now seriously. I, and now I believe uh, Godzilla has been made a uh, and uh, the official. He's an official citizen of Japan. I know that much. <laughs> he um, he's been given, like, Godzilla himself as an actual being. He's been made like an actual citizen of Japan. There's a giant statue of him, like, they built, like, his head and his arm overreaching a uh, tower somewhere, I want to say Tokyo, 
whatever. If I ever go to Tokyo, that's going to be why. But it, he's been made like an honorary uh, uh, emissary to foreign nations. Wow. Um, several people call him like Japan's greatest cultural export ever. Interesting. And it's kind of hard not to see why. It's, Interesting. It's, uh, it's, but like... Well, I, I, the, the world knows, knows when you say Godzilla, the world knows <coughs> Godzilla, yeah. Japan. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's it, an automatic. It's terrific. There, oh, God, I suddenly just remembered. Speaking of Matthew Broderick, do you remember the live-action Inspector Gadget movie? Yes. Wow, God, I do too, and I kind of wish I didn't. Okay. Um, but there's a scene where the evil Inspector Gadget is stomping around using his extendo legs, breathing fire, and of course there's a close-up of a Japanese businessman screaming about how he left Tokyo for this. Oh, great. And I'm really upset okay. that that popped back into my brain, but yeah. there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Pop culture littered with... Uh with references. Yeah, it's but then the fact that it's uh Matthew Broderick making that reference. Yeah. It's oh, this is an Ouroboros of of Godzilla uh nonsense. Um but like to try and get off of the uh uh horrible uh things in Godzilla uh, uh historical and everything. You and I at one point in the film like we started off pointing out wow, those miniatures look terrible. Like, that's so oh, obviously right, 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 a toy right. helicopter, a toy boat. But after the first, like, half hour or so, every time there was a shot of a miniature, you and I were just going, yeah, yeah. stuff's about to go crazy. Yeah, as soon as they showed miniature, you knew stuff was going to get stomped, yep. smashed, mm-hmm. chewed, blown up, burned up, whatever. Uh, you know, the, the, the filming, you know, you could tell that they were miniature scenes of miniature cars, miniature boats, miniature trains. Mm-hmm whatever, because the smoke didn't f- fit the yeah, right pattern. Yeah, you can't or, really miniaturize water yeah, at you all. you can't miniaturize so water. when you're doing you a lot of boats. You can't miniaturize smoke flow. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, if you just drop yourself into the fantasy of the film, um, it, you oh, knew. Hang, hang on, hang on. Mom is calling me. <sighs> hey, Mom, you're on the podcast. What's up? Ice pack... Ice pack when she comes up. I'm sorry if you didn't read your list. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. We'll. I'll bring it up to you after we're done. I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> she has a list now. We've been over this. Yes, we've been over okay. this. Okay. What were you, miniatures? Right. Well, <clears throat> I. I honestly think I don't know if that's so much at fault of the miniature work itself. I because like camera work has absolutely improved in the time since. Like. If we ever watch Lord of the Rings together, a lot of the large-scale sets and stuff like that are actually just miniatures, but they're photographed very differently right. with modern, well, then modern camera technology. Well, yeah, you you could see the the sheen of the plastic on the side of the mm-hmm. you know of the ship or the the train car. Uh, you know, if we if we wanted to be critical, highly critical, yeah, the miniaturization was dated and and maybe appropriate for the time, but. But it was fun to know that as soon as the miniatures came in, stuff was going to get smashed. Yeah, it's almost like the um, the the music from Jaws. Like right. once you hear that, then you know the shark's you know coming. Jaws, yeah, as soon as coming. you see a toy he's, boat or train, he's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I oh, I also uh, think I'm like I didn't realize the movie starts off with you hearing the thump, yes. thump, and then the roar, and then that music. Uh, which they actually 
brought back and uh, repurposed for the big final fight sequence between Godzilla and King Ghidorah in Godzilla King okay. of the Monsters from 2019. Okay. Cool. So it's just been, it's this, well, it's also King of the Monsters was the 65th anniversary film for Godzilla. Okay. So it's kind of exciting that they went like way back to the very beginning awesome. of the uh, of the whole franchise. Uh, did you have any standout moments or? Well, I had the question. Sure. Uh, oh, that's that right. I, asked I took some notes. I'm going to ask you now. Uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, live in front of uh, in front of the entire world. Okay. Um, oh what no. What instrument or tool did they use to make Godzilla's I, scream? I, I googled this, and I'm very excited because um, I want one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, get ready, because uh, I googled it as we were watching it. Godzilla's original 1954 roar was created by composer Akira Afakube. I hope I'm getting that correct. Please don't add Sorry me. to the family. Yeah, sorry to the family for me butchering his name. Uh, who dragged a resin-coated leather glove along the loosened strings of a double bass. Oh, so you awesome. need a glove, you need some resin, and you need a double bass. No problem. It's very, it's just reading that, you know, the, the TARDIS noise from Doctor Who, the yeah, yeah. that's me dragging a house key along piano wire. Oh my God. Right? Like, I love uh, Foley artists like that. I wonder how he came up with that. How, how did he, like... If you ever, like, watch a documentary or anything with, like, a Foley artist, like the sound effects people, they just record everything and then they splice it through machines like Chewbacca is I want to say like three different types of bear and a lion Uh, the lightsaber igniting is a copper penny dropped on dry ice Um, you know the laser gunshot noises from Star Wars that's literally a uh, hammer tapping on high tension wires oh cool and it just makes it like pew 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 pew. (laughs) Uh, you had a couple other questions oh I did check this out so at the time, Godzilla was the most expensive movie Japan ever produced, uh, costing almost. Wow. Yeah. Get, I want you to guess how much the movie cost in 1954 dollars. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say twenty thousand uh, dollars. Almost one million dollars. Wow. Yeah. That and in today's well, 2019's money, it that would have been about. $9,561,000. Oh, that's a cheap so, movie stuff. But considering, like, Avengers Endgame cost almost $300 million, okay. like, the blockbuster landscape has changed. Okay. Uh, but you also asked, and I love this, and I'm going to show you a couple of photos that I downloaded, because they're just too good not to look at. Yeah, but we'll you sh- asked we'll me sh- we'll about... show the audience also. Well, I'm going to... Well... First off, I want to say his name properly. So, the original suit actor for Godzilla. He played Godzilla mm, 12 consecutive films, starting with the original until Godzilla vs. Gigan. His name is Haruro Nakajima. He was born in 1929. I want to show you a picture of him. So, uh, he died in 2017, if you can see that from there. Okay. And after the credits of uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, 
um, they did a nice little tribute to him with that photo. And oh, I found this one as well, where it's him just wearing half the suit <laughs> with the little buildings. Okay. I absolutely love that. The magic of movie making. How tall do you think the suit actor of Godzilla was? Well, um, not to be stereotypic, but I believe uh, Japanese uh, are, are not very um, altitudinally challenged. <laughs> Um, so I would say five feet. Um, he was five foot six. Oh, okay. Well, which that's... I am six foot two. So it kind of tickles me that in the suit, uh, I would be able to just stand eye to eye with Godzilla. That kind of tickles me. You could be one of the many monsters attacking Godzilla. I don't know without if a I... suit. I... <laughs> you don't even need a suit. <laughs> If you just shave me, I'd look weird enough. So, yeah. Uh, don't have to shave you either. Yeah, it's fa- thanks. <clears throat> thanks, Dad. I appreciate it. Um, okay. Uh, so, anyway, uh, uh, a question I ha- did have was that sure. did did the actor in the Godzilla suit have the movie credit? Uh, cre- uh, did he have a movie credit? And you, Yes, apparently he did. Yes, he did. So, yes. he was actually pretty well known. Um the- there's a couple of great shots floating around online of like multiple generations of Godzilla suit actors, like each like okay. pretending to stomp around Tokyo together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is going to sound a little uh, crazy, but I love Star Wars and Ghostbusters so much. And the past couple of years, the fandom for both of those things has grown so toxic. It's gotten to the point where I kind of hate talking about either of those things, even with my friends anymore. So after we finished watching this movie, I texted my one friend, who I know is a big uh, Godzilla fan, and I said, Hey, is the Godzilla fandom toxic? Because I want in, and they're friendly. Because, like, you just assume if the basis of of the religion is a man in a rubber suit stomping around toy cars... You really can't take yourself all that seriously. Uh, good point. Yeah. Good point. I, I like to think so anyway. It's like, please, can I be part of your group? I'll play nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I like the Blue Oyster Cult song. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else? Yep. 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 Oh, yep. oh okay. Oh, we did not get to oh, no. the big key for me personally being oh. a science nerd. Oh, The yes. science of the movie. Oh, the science now, of the movie. Now, first of all, you got a whatever 160 some foot uh, uh, lizard uh, running around stomping uh, uh, various areas of Japan okay we're gonna just uh, realize that that's fantastical okay yeah yeah, but they mentioned some science aspects that were just oh if you want to state your credentials I don't think we've done so officially on the podcast but just to get everybody on board so that Uh, biologist biology teacher for many many years uh, his natural history science nerd uh, since uh, childhood. So um, all this stuff is secondary uh, to me. Um, uh, all the science aspects of, of these different movies. Uh, and some of the science that they mentioned in this movie was just whacked. But I was wondering if it was... Please tell me some of the science you thought was whacked. If, if it was... <laughs> I was just wondering if it was just the understanding of that time. The one was that um, Godzilla came from the Jurassic time period, which I believe is uh, 200 and some million years. Yep. You want to look it up real quick? Yeah, go ahead. 250-ish, right. 
of 45 million years ago. When was the Jurassic period? But in the film, they repeatedly... Sure, playing swimming Oh, no, no, it picked up a lot of what you were saying. Oh, no. All right, hang on. When was the Jurassic period? 201.3 plus or minus 0.2 million years ago, 145 million years ago. Okay, so it was it lasted from 201 million years ago to 145 million years okay, ago. Okay, so I was I was a little high, but yeah. but still I knew <laughs> a it was a couple bit. hundred million years. And they consistently said that it was 2 2 just 2.0 million years ago um, and uh, humans were uh, evolving uh, over that time period. It was very extremely late in the um, our geologic time scale. So that's really totally, totally incorrect. Right into the microphone. But but I go. wonder if that was their understanding at that time. I can't believe that it would have been because I think they had um, enough uh, radio radioactive dating that they could understand the different strata and so forth of the Earth. But Yeah, I think curious. I even said, like, we were talking about this during the movie, but I even said, like, carbon dating's a little inaccurate, but not that inaccurate. Now, car- carbon dating, you could be off by a, a couple hundred years, um, maybe even a thousand years if, you, if the sample's extremely old, but not a couple hundred million yeah. years. So that was a big blooper. Um, <laughs> I don't understand, but they were consistent in it. Oh. And the other one, with to destroy Godzilla, they had to use this mystery discovered um, oxygen destroyer. Oh, uh, the oxygen destroyer compound, and apparently, according to the scientists that developed it in the film, Doc, uh, his name in the film is Dr. Sarazawa. Sarazawa, who yes. was they brought back the character of Dr. Sarazawa, played by uh, Ken Watanabe in 2014 and 2019. Um, different characterization than the original, but please continue. Okay. Um, <clears throat> also. Uh, he had lost an eye and had some burning on his face as a character in the uh, in this film uh, from the Second World War. You and know what? I didn't put that together. Another yeah, another link to the Second World War and the um, um, tragedy of that. Uh, whatever you think about uh, what we suffered uh, as the United States and the Allies, uh, certainly uh, the Japanese people suffered also. Anyway, um, they talked about an oxygen destroyer <laughs> compound. That if released, it it destroyed all the oxygen in the aquatic environment, and literally, he said it turned the oxygen into a liquid. I have no idea what he's talking about. Right, because like it was complete, oxygen's kind of a key component in water. It it, it was it, it was complete. Baloney. We turned the water into extra water. But if you didn't, you know, if you don't know science, it just says, "Oh my God, right. that's it, terrible." I hope that doesn't happen to me. The, the the phrase itself, "oxygen destroyer," is a great bit of science mumbo jumbo. Right. I think they made the mistake of explaining it just a little too much. If you know what I mean, like if they just left it as it destroys the oxygen in the water, right? Then we would have been able to swallow that. But then you say something like. It liquefies the it oxygen liquefies in the water. The oxygen, what? Like, uh, 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 you know, and then I'm thinking, what, 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 what have I missed? But anyway, um, so that was <laughs> you slept through that class. Yeah, that was through that all was eight years of school. Some, some of the, that was some of the fun science stuff 
that I picked up on. Um, but you know, in in a uh, an early uh, sci-fi movie, anything goes. It, I'm sure it worked, and it works works in this film. Oh, but yeah. For a, I mean, for a science nerd, it was just like obviously. I'm still talking about it. Yeah. It's, I did think it was very interesting, and let me see if I can pull up the quote properly from the film. I realized that the film uh, 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 mirrored quite a lot, um, I don't know how recently you've seen it, but the original The Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay. From uh, also around the same time period, but the whole idea of that movie is it's also against, it's also, I should say, it's for nuclear disarmament. Okay. Uh, albeit at a very different path than Godzilla as a film took. Um, but the, the that film ends with uh, the alien Klaatu delivering a speech to the press, declaring that if uh, humans continue their nuclear testing, we will be taken care of. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, not much of, you know. Um, but the closing lines of Godzilla are... Uh, I can't believe that Godzilla was the only surviving member of its species, but if we continue conducting nuclear tests, it's possible that another Godzilla might appear somewhere in the world again. So it's, obviously it's a pretty different delivery of the message, but it's still ultimately, I think, the same message. I think, if you, what, at that at that historical time, with the release, with the, with the detonation of two nuclear bombs... Right into the um, mic. Um, people had never even imagined that level of of horrific destruction, mm. uh, and um, many people believed, okay, well, it's the end of humanity now. Now that we're doing this crap, um, <laughs> we're not long for the world. We've got to stop. And that's the same message you can hear today, but people take nuclear bombs so casually now because so many countries have hundreds or thousands of them. Yeah. Um, nobody's and had, 19- the, had the stones to release one yet, uh, but well, it's, and, and it's, ni- coming. it's and coming. And in 1954, it's still relatively early in the Cold War. It's yes. it's only been like, what, five years since, Ch- uh, not Japan, the other one. Uh, Russia. Russia, thank you. Uh, since Russia uh, detonated their first successful test. and Right, testing. Yeah, um... But the testing is one thing, but the actual unleashing of the yeah, bombs yeah. in Japan. Especially on Japan, two civilian targets. Two civilian which targets. always blew my mind. Demonstrated to say the, the least. utter horror of, of, of these weapons and how could humanity have gotten to this pathetic uh, situation. Mm. Uh, and that's still a message, but we, we just take it for granted. That, oh, yeah, nuclear weapons, yeah, so what? But one will be unleashed. Uh, and probably sooner than later, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, not you heard it here, folks. We've just announced the <laughs> end of Frank Review's yeah. exact date to be uh, TBA, but yeah. uh, <laughs> with with the detonation of yeah, uh, of you'll know when we know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll know when you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like we'll all find out together. Yes. Um, it. It's 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 absolutely. There's also like another line that I'm reminded of, like in America, nuclear power uh, gives you superheroes, and in Japan, it gives you monsters. I can't imagine why. Can't imagine why that would be the case. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, Winners versus losers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, or uh, you know, one one group has seen the horror personally, and the other, the other has, has perpetrated inflicted, the horror, yeah. inflicted the horror. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. 
Well, we got pretty deep. I think this is officially our longest episode ever. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're still living listening, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, so, wait, wait, no, hang on. We're not closing the show just yet. Did you have any other things that you were uh, 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 wanted no. to point oh, out? Uh, overall, I enjoyed the film. Mm. It, very entertaining, uh, historically, um, um, artistically. It, it's a it's a neat film. Um, Godzilla's debut, and uh, would recommend it. It is black and white. <laughs> Uh, and like I said, the the dramatic acting style is is really something curious. <laughs> if you uh, can if see. you can tune your mind to 1954, then I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, for those of you that were born in uh, 2003, and uh, we also have because this is the year 2020, we have to look forward to later this year the new Godzilla versus King Kong. Yes, uh, and uh, in the meantime, we're going to be watching a whole bunch of other big monster movie, uh, kaiju movies, I should say. Um, I know Fathom Events is doing the original 1933 King Kong in March. I'm really looking forward to seeing that with you. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to watch a couple of the other um, uh, original run uh, man-in-suit Godzilla movies, yep. uh, I think we'd get a kick. I showed you the trailer to Shin Godzilla yes. from 2016. Yes. And, like, wow, that's a wildly different take yeah. on at least the physical manifestation of Godzilla. It's amazing what 70 years will do. It, it is. It technology is. Technology of film. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, all right. Otherwise, uh, this has been Frank Reviews. Uh, our music was Sean Monaghan. Well, our theme music was Sean Monaghan. Whatever music I, uh, I shove in here otherwise is either public domain or from one of the Godzilla movies that I used for incidentals. You can f please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, otherwise, Dad, do you want to sign us out? Go out and make something out of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>